millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Quick Resume, episode 10, everybody. We did it. We're at episode 10. My name is Deck. I'm your host. I'm joined by my handsome co-host, Tim. Say hello, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hello. Um, I'm, I'm very, very glad to be here for episode 10. Uh, episode 10, man. I know. It's pretty crazy to think, actually. Um, yeah, double figures. We did it. And uh, yeah, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. <laughs> yeah. Your friends just get a little bit too comfortable during lockdown. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, we don't absolutely. have a sponsor. We don't have a sponsor yet. Yeah. But if you guys, you know, hit that, that like and subscribe and share button, yeah. you might have Manscaped as a sponsor. Exactly. Or Sneak. So, yeah, or Sneak. I could really, have some really Sneak. Anyone. I'll take yeah. anything, really. I'll promote any product, <laughs> whether it's bad or good. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy to think that we have been doing this PlayStation. for like, uh, 10 solid weeks, though. Yeah, 10 weeks, wow. Mm. And we haven't missed a week, which is good for us. Well, that, yeah, no, that is surprising. Busy lives. Yeah, we do. We do. Well, congratulations, me. Congratulations, you. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Pats on the back all around. <laughs> Tug ourselves off of doing 10 episodes, <laughs> recording off. ourselves while we speak shit. Off podcast, yeah. of course. Yeah, I've got, of course, of course. Unless you want that, in which case, like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to my only fans <laughs> yeah well i mean i mean with that i mean what um how has your week been buddy what have you been up to uh my week's been pretty good it's been uh it's been pretty chilled out um both on sort of the gaming front and um just general life really just sort of uh easing back into the week after the bank holiday weekend and um mm-hmm. yeah nothing too crazy um you know, I've been playing a lot of um, Apex Season 9 with you, which dropped. Apex Season did, 9. When, when did that drop? That dropped on Tuesday, didn't it? Yeah, last Tuesday. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've been playing a little bit of that. Um, obviously, we're big fans of Apex Legends, um, if you have been listening to the previous episodes of the podcast. Yeah. Um, we do love it. It's probably the, it's definitely the best Battle Royale, in my opinion. I mean, we're um, shooter fans in general, right? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We we definitely we've we've had history with you know things like um, you know Halo or the like Halo three, Halo four, five, all that sort of stuff. You know, we used to play the Call of Duties back in uh, Black Ops days mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of dropped off. on Overwatch as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. We played a lot of Overwatch. Um, I feel like there was another similar sort of shoot, but I mean, we we tend to try most Siege. shooters on the market. Yeah, yeah, Siege. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right, I, th- I think Apex is definitely the one we've we've always come back to, and we've like solidly just kept going um, and kept coming back to uh, every yeah. single season. And yeah, this is probably their biggest season ever. And yeah, we've been enjoying their new like competitive three v three mode, um, which is a li- which is good and bad. Um, I do like it, and in a lot of ways, and in some ways, it does kind of trigger me and annoy me. Um, <laughs> 
because it's it, it's a lot slower and it's a bit campier and stuff like that um but i think that's because people as i rightfully said i think people are just still learning the maps and the rotations and stuff like that i think that sort of campy play style will phase out as people get more yeah. comfortable with the maps um yeah. but yeah so that's been good fun and obviously i've been playing that with you a bit um and that's that's really been it on the gaming front i've been uh, i've been sitting on the fence about getting um the new resident evil um which i did say i would i would probably would in the last podcast and um i don't know it's been doing really well yeah it has been doing really well everyone's yeah, been loving but... it even i've been tempted to actually jump into it because it's not i always thought i know we spoke about it last week i always thought they were all continuations of one another but they're not really they're like it's more like anthology kind of thing isn't it it's all yeah. it's all like same world but different stories in that same world right exactly it all connects back there's all there's one theme to to the ball you know with the you know umbrella corporation and the t-virus and stuff like that you know it, it all kind of stems back to that mm-hmm. um like even this stuff here in resident evil 8 with werewolves and vampires and stuff like that you know in these you see like umbrella corporation symbols and stuff like that everywhere and it, it they, they link it back somehow um I don't know, but um, I have been really tempted. It just feels weird to drop £65 on a game. <laughs> it it just feels weird. I, I really feel like... And like we, we've got some stuff on the horizon. Like, uh, Well, we're, we're loving Apex again. Um, you know, We're, we're going to probably be playing some Hood uh, tomorrow. I think that comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something else. What was there? There was something else. Uh, there's Knockout C. There's Knockout City just around the horizon as well, yeah. So I was like, yeah. I really wanted to play Resi, but I was just like, I don't know if I'll just find the time because when you guys are online, I play those sort of games and like, <clears throat> there's a lot of my yeah, stuff. Just, yeah, it just feels weird to drop sixty-five quid on a game these days. Um, yeah, I feel, unless it's a game, class. yeah, unless it's a game that you can feel you can like a hundred percent commit yourself to. It is quite hard to drop that much money. Yeah. Like Games Pass, of course, like, yeah, go for it. And, like, you're obviously you're operating on a limited time, but even if it's going to leave, like, you make time and then you buy on a 10% discount, you know? So it's like, well, that's not really a big deal. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. You do you do feel a bit spoiled by it. It's like, well, because like, I've been thinking about... I've been having a look recently on... Um, see if I can get my hands on, on a PS5. Um, like, with my birthday coming up and everything. Um, or our birthday coming up and everything as well. Um, and... I was just thinking, oh, you know, it might be quite nice to like buy Miles Morales or Dark Demon Souls or something because like I'm even like I've kind of caught up with my backlog. Like I've got stuff to play, but like there's nothing really that I'm dying to play right now. Like I want to play Dishonored 2 on an FPS boost. I wouldn't mind like going back and playing GTA 5 because I think I said to you like I've, I've always wanted to like fully play through a GTA game and I've never done that. Um, and Mass Effect is coming around the corner, which I would dedicate, which like I would like properly play through. I think, but like if there was something that I could like play right now. Like, I would sit down and just, like, whip up, like, De- uh, Demon Souls or something, you know? Um, yeah. Or Returnal. But then I was thinking, like, man, even if I did, you know, even if I did have a PS5, like, would I really be okay with, like, dropping 70 quid on one of those games? 70 pounds! Oh, So, I don't know. Um, it's it's weird. The, the industry's in a really weird place with this sort of stuff at the moment, and, and price and value. Um, and I think this is actually... This is kind of going off topic a little bit, but I mean, but we were talking a bit about sort of Resi 8 and sort of review scores. But there's all there's this constant back and forth of like 
whether people should listen to review scores or not listen to review scores or you know metacritic is worthless open critic is worthless or or it's not and there's like you know fanboy troglodytes like lapping up every point that comes in um but i do think like i get it that a lot of people think that there's maybe an over-reliance on scores like i totally get that however the reason other than and then reason other than there being maybe a young fan base in video games and this weird culture around console wars games are expensive like these are expensive hobbies and i don't think it's weird at all that somebody wants at least a seven or an eight out of ten experience if they're dropping 70 pound on eight it's not a big oh, deal yeah. if you go and see a movie and it's a five out of ten you're like i was a bit shit you know it's what it's yeah, five it's quid four, down the drain yeah, four or five quid yeah so like, of course like you know i don't think that's any real surprise and and this even like comes back around to the whole you know scale like cause a lot of people criticize that for video games like a seven is considered an average even though you know on a bell curve five should be the average um but i think it just makes sense because people are more regularly buying sevens and people are more right more regularly churning out sevens because they know there's a value proposition in games where there's less so with anything yeah. else really yeah. so yeah i spending 70 quid i think is it's only going to make that worse that's the thing as, as inflation kicks in game pass can maybe and you, you are seeing people like mention game pass in their reviews now sometimes as well so that might change things especially if sony make a competitor as well but it's only going to get worse if things keep going in the way they're going you know it's just it's that value it's like oh, i need at least an 8.5 out of 10 although it's not worth my money kind of thing you yeah, know for sure it, there, there definitely is that i mean i'm not huge on like review scores like I, I like to know that a game's done well, but what what I like to do is just get a very my own sort of personal opinion on the game, and I tend to do that by literally just going onto YouTube or something like that. And there's there's a couple YouTubers I forgot what they're called. I think one of them is called like Rad Brad or something, but like they basically get get these games like a week early or whatever, and I basically just like to watch like half of like their first episode sort of thing. Mm-hmm. just um so like part one you know right at the beginning of the game i watch maybe like half an hour of it so like it doesn't it doesn't give me major spoilers it's not the end of the world that when i then get that game i have to play that half an hour that i kind of already know but like it gives me a, a, an idea of the game it gives me a vibe of the game and stuff like that you know basic combat basic mm-hmm. storytelling where it's going and then i decide whether or not i want to get the game um which is kind of what I've done with with Resi A. I've watched like I think like the first twenty minutes of gameplay on it, and um, it did make me want to buy it. So you know that's probably a good sign. Um, and I, uh, I, I don't know. I do think I am going to buy it, to be honest. Um, well, things it's only it's only going to get cheaper, isn't it? So like. Yeah, and I guess I, I'm in no immediate rush to to buy it, but it does look fun. Um, and hang on, my dog just needs to get out. I'll carry on talking while I. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so I think I am going to um, to get it, but I'm still I'm still very much on the, on the fence about it. Um, but yeah, uh, long story short, that's basically been uh, been my week. Um, so not nothing too crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, how's uh, how's how's yours been? Cool. Um, yeah, I um, I think I can't remember if I mentioned last week, but I just started um, Dishonored. Death of the Outside side. I started and finished Death of the Outsider over the last week or two. I can't remember. Um, since it got its uh, FPS boost, I've been waiting to play play that on FPS boost, and thankfully it came out. But for some reason, they haven't given Dishonored 2 the, the boost yet, because I, I've already played that, but I kind of want to go back and play it again. 
um, because for those who have played it, you, you play. There are two protagonists you can play as, and I kind of want to play it as the other one. Um, so yeah, yeah, and that was good. Um, for those who don't know, Dishonored's like one of my favourite IPs out there. Um, I think it'll probably be given a rest for a while now. I don't think we'll see it again for a while, but um, obviously it's Arcane who make that, who, who don't now. Um, under the well, I've always been under the Bethesda umbrella, but now under Xbox as well. And they made Prey as well, which Prey was obviously awesome as well. And I think a lot of people have been going back to that now with the frame rate boost and the new consoles, and been really appreciating it. Um, so yeah, I've been playing Dishonored: Death of the Outsider, and that's been great. I completed that, um, and that was good. It wasn't as good as one or two, but it was, it was still good. Um, it's just more of Dishonored two, really, with a bit of a puts a bit of a bow in the series. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's good. So is it like um, its own like separate title, or is it? Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's a standalone. Like oh, it's standalone. a standalone title. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, you play no as idea. you play as Billy Lurk. You know, I was saying Billy the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Billy? Yeah, we were talking Billy, about this last night. Yeah, Billy was. Um, Billy is Dowd. So Dowd is like one of the like main antagonists in the game, at least in the first game, anyway. Um, and Billy's like his right hand woman. Um, and she's voiced by Rosario Dawson, and she's fucking great. Um, she's who is she? She's in the she's the med. Uh, she's the love interest. I don't know. She's what? She's the, the main woman in Daredevil, the t- the Netflix series. Um, oh okay. Uh, but so uh, anyway, yeah, she's really fucking good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a standalone game, and it's it's probably only like eight hours long. Well, it's not very long. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just they did so, they've made a couple of changes which were quite good as well which hopefully they take forward with them if they ever do any more dishonored games but yeah that's that was um that was really good i'm glad i finally got to get around to that um and finish that series off um and i've also been playing um it takes two i've been me and my partner have been um a bit sick this week so i just thought and i've been looking at it for a while i thought you know we can get it um and just play and it was you know 35 pounds uh for us um and obviously that game is had been received really well. Do you know much about that game? It takes two. Um, yeah, I do know. Yeah, I do know a little bit about it. Nothing too much, you know, apart from it's just like a co-op sort of. Yeah, style it's well, game. It's the same guy um, that did um, a way out. Yeah, and brothers that uh, the tale of. A tale of, <laughs> a tale <brothers>. of boys, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That guy, what's he called? Uh, Joseph something. He's the guy who was like the video game awards and started saying that the Oscars are shit and that this is the real video game awards. It's that dude. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Who's this guy called, man? This is gonna really piss me off. Anyway, the studio is called Hazelight Studios, but I can't remember the dude's name, which is really annoying. Um, so he, like, their thing is making like co-op games. You know, um, Joseph Fares, that's his name. Um, and uh yeah it takes two has obviously been received really well i think it's sitting on like 88 on open oh, critic um a lot of people are, a lot of people are putting it forward for a game of the year contender already um and man it's it's really good um yeah, yeah i mean it's like the story is whatever um it's a bit Whoa, whoa, whoa. But other than that, like the gameplay's really good. A lot of the puzzles are really good. Um, all of the co-op elements are really, just really good. Like I think you can really tell that this is a studio that, like, thrive and make a lot of co-op games. Um, you're not just doing shit together. You like rely on one another to do stuff that you do. Um, yeah. And it's 
a lot of the puzzles and like things that you do like a lot of the time you'll get different tools so like i think in the first mission one of you gets a hammer and the other gets nails i um, mean you can oh, like nice. throw the nails like javelins um and then you can use the hammer that to like swing across the nails but also doubles up as smacking stuff around um yeah. so yeah it's just it's just really good yeah ata on open critic at the moment um I could definitely see why, and it's quite like we've put probably over ten hours into it, and it's we're still going. So mm. it's right. yeah, and it's, all the environments are really nice. It performs super smooth um, on Series X. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's um, a really well earned score, um, and I think it definitely could be a game of the year contender, which I'd love to see because you don't see these sort of games go get that much um, exposure usually, you know. Yeah, yeah, they they always get. Yeah, they always tend to do quite quite well review wise, and people will always be like, "Oh yeah, you know, they're they're really smart and clever the way they design their levels and stuff like that," and they're they're like generally quite appreciated, but like it's just low key, like appreciated. They're they're like always in the background, um, yeah, and they never really get the spotlight too often. So yeah, it's it's definitely nice to see um, see a game like that do well. I feel like a, a way out also you know did well and got a decent amount of exposure to mm-hmm. um so it definitely seems like that sort of genre is uh you know coming up a little bit so yeah but it's um yeah it's cool because like a lot of them are like co-op it's mandatory kind of thing you know you can only be played co-op which is kind of risky you know I and mean, it can alienate a lot of people yeah. but and i would have definitely thought that this sort of game couldn't get above an 85 like just because of yeah. like by and i say that i think maybe i guess maybe i'm wrong on some of it but like i get the impression that sometimes like with multiplayer shooters and stuff like they generally don't score as high as single player i just feel like single player games i don't want to go on like my whole rant about like reviews and how this is <laughs> it's early um for video games and we don't know how to review them yet but I feel like the standard by which we review games typically is by parallel to like a cinematic achievement. So when games are really similar to cinema, that's like, oh, very. This is very easy to review. But when you're looking at something like a multiplayer shooter, it's like, well, where do you even begin? You know, that's quite a new thing. This has only been happening for like twenty, thirty years. Like, where do you even begin to review that? So like, by that virtue, it's like quite hard to like um, accurately put in like a good number or give out a thoughtful review, other than you know me shoot me shoot me me kill kind of thing <laughs> yeah no yeah for sure so yeah so I'm, I'm glad to see this sort of this sort of um i'm glad to see a niche genre i guess or a fringe genre like this sort of really thrive but it is really good man um i'll, I'll probably talk more about it as, as we sort of push towards the end um yeah i totally recommend it to anyone who wants it's looking for a co-op game out there it's 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 probably the best co-op dedicated game i've played um okay and is it nice and sort of friendly mechanic wise it's not too overwhelming for someone who you know doesn't play games that often or anything like that yeah yeah exactly it is it is um but it's it's not too easy it's not too hard um you know it's not there are yeah it it does manage to keep itself challenging um but it's always giving you like you get to the end of a mission and then you get new tools kind of thing like you get a different set of tools to use in a different environment um yeah so a lot of it is kind of thinking creatively. There's like one, but it's, it's weird. At one point, it like turns into a fighting game. It's crazy. Like it goes through like everything. And it just does it really, really well. Um, yeah, and obviously like my because Beth, my partner, she she's only really played like she just recently finished Breath of the Wild, um, yeah. and so she's still like not too <laughs> good 
<laughs> uh, like twins, like kind of using twin sticks um, for stuff. Um, yeah. She's a hell, hell of a lot better than she used to be because she's finished Zelda now. But um, it was accessible to her, and it's not. I don't think it would be so easy to the point where if you got like me and you to play it, that we'd be bored. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, like, and there's still risk of if you both die at the same time, you wipe. And it doesn't set you far back, but so it's that so kind it's of thing. It's the Dark Souls of co-op platforms. It's the Dark Souls <laughs> of co-op games, exactly. Start <laughs> to throw that one in there. Yeah, um, yeah good. Okay, mates. cool. Yeah, because it, it's always that that fine line with those sort of games is yeah, if you dumb them down too much, then they're boring for people that play games quite often. But you do feel like they are kind of catered towards, um, you know, the more casual experience as well. Um, yeah, you know, like like you playing it with your girlfriend, or you know, loads of people playing it with their girlfriends or their, you know, children or anything like that. You know, I feel like that's kind of what those games do cater to. But then they've obviously got to not make it too dumbed down as well. Yeah, uh, it could be quite hard to find a balance. I'm sure. Yeah, well, I th- I think they've clearly put a lot of thought into it because it's like the whole game is played script scr- uh, split screen, script screen. Uh, so, like, I'm fairly sure if you do it online, it's still split screen. Like, you can see each other's screen. Um, okay. So, like, and and all the the tools that you get, it's all fifty fifty. Like, you can't you can't do it for your partner. You know, like if you were playing like a loot issue like Destiny, and you were trying to walk someone through that, you could just kill everyone for them, kind of thing. You can't do that in yeah. this. Um, because you have a different, you you need to use each other's tools, so you kind of end up communicating a lot to try and and compensate yeah. for any gap in skill. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it would be. I think it's it's well balanced. Where like, of course, like we wouldn't struggle like if we played it uh, at all. But it would be it would be engaging enough where it would be fun. Yeah, it's not like Carphead. Oh, it's just put my head through a wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> frustrating and difficult, yeah. but also one of the best games I've ever played. It's the Dark Souls of uh, Cup games, really, isn't it? Oh, uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So that's me, man. Um, it takes two, and um, Dishonored Death of the Outsider. Been nice. Good. Feeling not good sick week. now, so that's good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Um, well, in terms of what's been happening this week, there has been a few sort of ongoing bits of bobs. I feel like I say that every week, bits and bobs. Um some of the stuff around the the Halo Infinite um, employee who or the ex-Halo X343 employee I think is what I'm trying to say um, who said some stuff and then sort of clarified that and then there's also been stuff happening around the Epic and Apple um, case which has been all a bit weird actually Um, but yeah I mean just to I mean obviously as we as we finished last week's podcast it got announced that 70 more games were being added to a FPS boost um, so we actually haven't spoken about this because this happened literally as we like clicked the finish recording button last yeah, week and that's obviously while I've been while I've been playing Dishonored um, so yeah I mean what are your thoughts about that I mean I, I think some big ones just off the top of my head Far Cry 5 was added um Nice. I can't remember anything else. It's just Far Cry 5. I remember there being a few that were like quite high-profile games that people were quite happy with. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is a list on Major Nelson's blog. Uh, but yeah, any, any yeah, thoughts I'm not on sure of the, FPS boost? Yeah, I'm not sure of the exact list myself. But, um, but yeah, I mean, hey, games getting FPS boosted, I mean, great, right? <laughs> it's not really a bad thing to say about it. 
Um, yeah. It's it's always great to see the, the, the library just continue to grow. Um, I wonder if they were all, if some of them were 30 to 60 or if they were just 60 to 120, because obviously the 30 to 60 is, is more of a big deal, uh, in my opinion. Um, oh, definitely. A, uh, you know, not playing on a playing on a tv myself you know i don't actually play on a monitor or anything like that to to get that 120 um but yeah i mean yeah it's always great to see the the library grow and for more games to get added and stuff like that so it's almost 100 games now 97 total yeah 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 just under 100 yeah which is pretty sick i'm just trying to find just some sort of like Oh, I've got it here in front of me. It's like I said okay. on Major Nelson's blog. Um, I, it's hard for me because there's just a sort of accumulative list rather than this is what's been added. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to, trying to have a look at Watson Years, Gears of War 4. I think that was already there. Hollow, it's funny, Hollow Knight got added, so that goes to 120 frames. Oh, no. Uh, but my TV doesn't do 120 frames anyway, so it's, it's no biggie. Yeah. Um, Mad Max, I think, was another one that can now no, go I don't to think 60, that was 120. On there, yeah. Um, like I said, I know Far Cry 5 was a big one that people were excited about. Metro is to 120, just to go through some big ones. Um, watch, no, that was that was really there. Um, Tomb Raider to 60, Titanfall 2 was already there. Evil Within 2, uh, Smite. <laughs> oh yeah, is that Smite? Oh yeah, Smite was already at 60 though, isn't it? It's just yeah, 120, well. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so it's like... Uh, let me have a look. Metro, yeah, some of the games? Uh, oh, no, no, again, this is just an overall... Yeah, yeah, the Metro and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's on there. Super yeah. lucky f- fuckboy. Wasteland 3, Alien Isolation. There were some other big ones. Yeah, Wasteland 3 can go to 60 now, which was nice. Oh, Sniper Elite. Sniper Elite, good. baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Always good always good i think it's I, someone had made a really good point actually I, I saw some chatter about it online and it was um but this sort of um hardware end like optimize that i don't know what you want to call it enhancement or optimization it makes the series s it like it makes the series s even more valuable like of course yes. it's great on your series x but it's like proportionally more important on the series s because you're buying a budget console and getting premium level frame rates um yeah and you can see here on the list uh, for those that don't know some games will go to higher frame rates on the series x than they will on the s because it, like, it's still taxing on the system but you know they've done it in a way where it's it's less so um so some, so you can see some games aren't available here on the S, which is a bit of a bummer. Like so, for example, Battlefield Five, um, Dirt Four, Dying Light. Those those ones don't seem to be able to be done on the Series S, which is a shame. But nonetheless, you know, I'm just having yeah. a quick skim through it. It looks like you know 80% of them are still available on Series S, um, which is just it, it's just really good value. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And the other thing I just wanted to mention as well was the fact that they... So there are some games where they, they've made it now so that if there's a frame rate boost and there's no compromises, it's just turned on by default on the Series X. I don't know why it's not turned on by default on the Series S, actually. Hmm. That is weird. I don't know. Uh, so on Series X, it's just turned on by default, which is really nice. Obviously, like if you're not privy to any of this, um, you just boot up a game. Oh, wow, you know, super smooth. 
performing really well um but there are some games where there are like resolution compromises and i think i spoke to you about this when i did fallout 4 um there was a small resolution and they're not they don't get into specifics of what the resolution debuff (laughs) is um i know some people have done the math somewhere and like figured it out but i I don't have that information to hand um and on those games it's turned off by default um okay so you have to turn them on, yeah, because obviously they don't want you coming into a game which is... I think most people would realistically choose a higher frame rate over, you know, a very small decrease in resolution. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, you know, but I understand why that's the way. But yeah, it's just it's quite interesting that that's sort of the case with some of the games. But, you know, hopefully that's, it remains as minimum as possible. Um, but yeah, no, this is, this is, this is good shit. Um... Because they spoke about this at Series X launched, um, and it, nothing ever happened. Obviously, it, like got delayed, and then we got like the first few games. We were like, "Cool," but this is like fight. You know, there was like Super Lucky's Tale. It was like Watch Dogs <laughs> Two or whatever. It was like okay, uh, and then they got another few in that was like sixty to one hundred and twenty. It was like, "Oh, fine, whatever." And then they've just dropped seventy. And now, so so like this is like kind of a big. I actually think this is a really big deal because I, they must have, you know, they're obviously they're thinking ahead with this, and they're like, as people start to play games at sixty frames, it's going to suck to go back to thirty games. So being able to go back and play yeah. these legacy games, like I, I've always found it hard. Even like going playing on like one X, going back to play three sixty games where the frame rate was not like probably maybe a bit less stable, a bit worse. I found that hard. Let alone now. So it is it's really nice playing some of these games because I think we've spoken about it before on the show but like games looking good in motion is something which is really underrated like taking a screenshot yes. whatever man like some games look better in screenshot than they do in motion some games look worse in screenshot than they do in in motion so you know what really matters is how it looks when it's moving um and 60 frames exactly. it literally doubles how good it looks like I I think people need to understand that it doubles how good it looks <laughs> Um, yeah. and it performs better you know for like shooters um, first person games there's like an, an element of like aiming and like input lag and you don't get that because there's less frames to contend with so or more frames sorry to, to play with so yeah super yeah. cool stuff um, I just hope it keeps growing uh, Dishonored 2 next please Phil um, yeah. if and when you're listening um, did you ever finish Evil Within 1? Uh, no, I didn't. No, got got quite close, but didn't quite finish it. I could probably hop back on for quite literally a few hours and wrap it up. Um, but yeah, I never actually finished it. Um, yeah, I remember talking to you because Evil Within Two got added, didn't it? But then Evil Within Two still not on Games Pass yet. So <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously, it's still for whatever reason tied up in sales or marketing for other platforms. Uh, yeah. So when that when that period ends then it will just come to games pass um but yeah it's nice to know that that game uh one came out a lot later looks a lot better and you know when i do get around to it i can also play it at 60 so that's pretty great um yeah yeah cool cool i was i did just want to sort of drop a mention here because i know i've never played it but you you kind of liked it was recall (laughs) that's got a frame rate boost here yeah 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 recall was yeah it was okay. Yeah, I yeah, I'd go as far as saying I liked it. I thought it was just solid like six and a half, seven out of ten. Um you know, Did you like it more at sixty to... frames? <laughs> yeah, probably because I actually I think it did have some performance issues now I look back. I actually think it kinda ran like poop. Yeah. Um 
so yeah and I, I yeah i do i have i remember it chugging a bit in certain areas and stuff like that again you know i only went on it for a, like four hours game time maybe um i don't think it's that long a game so you know that's probably like halfway but like um yeah it was good fun uh, i don't know if there's anything i go back to now um even with the frame boost but that frame boost you know it does kind of make me you know, if for whatever reason i was like oh i'll give recall another go oh you know the fps boost would definitely make me want to do it more yeah um, yeah which i think is obviously the what's so great about this and how the library is just growing um it just incentivizes you to go back and play these titles again or experience them for the first time when you kind of wanted to you know when it first released yeah you can play at a better standard so definitely definitely yeah there is yeah there's just kind of that element of like yeah it it does get it gives a nice bit of incentive to like go back and try some of the legacy titles um you see it pop up it's like i've been wanting to try that for a while never got around to that and you just yeah i think because there's something i've been i've wanted to go back to playing bioshocks i think i told you i went and played the original and i just i just couldn't get into it man i don't know what it was i like i really tried i tried for like five hours five six hours maybe even longer and i was eventually i was just like i just got to a level and i just found that the the level design was just a bit it felt really old like there was just static enemies just doing their own thing and like no matter what direction or like what like concoction of like creative what were they called in that game the fucking juice things that you use in your arms (laughs) <laughs> the vials or whatever. Um, yeah, what were they called? Yeah, anyway. Something like cocktails or something. Something. Yeah, something like that. And the yeah. no matter what I did, I just I was just always getting fucked by big daddies and whatever. And I was like, I don't really want to resort to just like pulling the difficulty down. Anyway, like, I was enjoying what I had played up to that point, and like a lot of it, a lot of it, most of it actually had aged really, really well. But I, for some reason, I just hit that barrier where I was like, I couldn't go any further. I wasn't finding the combat particularly good, to be honest. It felt quite clunky. Um, yeah, everything was a bit spongy as well. I, I don't know. Like I was, I don't well, know. Like... Two definitely improved in a lot of ways on the first one. The first one was quite good for um i mean when it when it first came out you know it was the first you know it was still quite new to create a game like that having like a a kind of arcadey shooter but also half suspenseful horror as well and well it's like sandboxy as well wasn't it yeah so it was still quite new It, it was very new when it first came out so i think you know people appreciated it more um yeah, I could definitely and, see the roots of it, and like, yeah, I could definitely see it. Yeah, but yeah, going back to it now, I agree because I played Bioshock One again for the Bioshock Collection, and it was good. It was it was fine. Uh, Bioshock Two improves on a lot of ways inside of the um, the combat area. It definitely improves in loads of ways. Um, but personally, if if you were to go to like a Bioshock title, I would a hundred percent recommend uh, Infinite is the best one well um, i mean you, you you'll catch heat for saying that a lot of people i know um... i know but i loved infinite i thought it was absolutely fantastic and it's still one of my favorite games ever no i mean i yeah you, I, i'm in agreement like, i think infinite's it's, great it's top five of like my favorite games ever it was just so good i don't know i just really liked it like and i mean you could even just look at it as not a Bioshock game, if that makes people not want to throw Molotov cocktails. <laughs> you can 
literally just like get a sharpie and scribble over the cover and just be like this is it's just called infinite you know don't worry about the other the other yeah. part because you, you, you literally could do that and then you know you probably enjoy it a lot more um yeah i thought it was great so play infinite <laughs> yeah well yeah no basically well what yeah yeah okay i i was just curious if um you reminded me that there was a remastered, but I'd, which I'd forgotten about. Because I was like, I wonder if they'll do like you know frame rate boost on Bioshock, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it already ran at 60 um, on the remastered. Yeah. So I mean, maybe I'll give it another go. For it. So. Yeah, to be fair, they, they, did, they did charge a reduced rate. I think they didn't sell it at like 50 quid or 55 quid. I'm yeah, sure it came out at like 30. So yeah, um, yeah, they they are good games though. They are good games. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, um, thirty-six minute intro, no problem. Let's. Um, I guess that was the first story I yeah, so that's not really a big deal. The FPS, it's fine. Yeah, Phil was just waiting for the the, the um, or Major Nelson was just waiting for us to finish last week before he posted it. Obviously, it's, uh, mm-hmm. dude doesn't want us spoiling it. You know, Test makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, in some of the ongoing stuff between Apple and Epic, I don't know how much you know about this. Do you know much about the Apple and Epic case? It started only last week, so it, that's why it's been popping up uh, more. Uh, I don't know too much about it, you know, apart from you know, just the basics, really. It's not something I've, I've kept up with too much. Yeah. Okay. Well, basic premise it, for anyone who isn't familiar with Apple versus Epic um is that they're currently both in court because uh, epic sued apple when apple have countersued epic um it's one of the most expensive no use in the world <laughs> i'm suing you no you <laughs> anyway, and it and it's um the the thing was epic i uh, had this happened a couple of i want to say it was like last year maybe maybe two years ago um epic one had fortnite on iOS and then they wanted to start so they had their, their regular sort of V-Buck system in the uh, in the game and Apple said no they said no we do it differently because they obviously don't do it they do it like through the store kind of thing um, or whatever. Yes. whatever whatever it was they were doing it a different way so Epic were like okay fine and then they just they did it they then added the monetization in a way which bypassed their system because their system their system took like 30 percent of the cart you know like it took all of it um yeah. like loads um or maybe more i don't know um so you know epic were like this is ridiculous um and they pulled fortnite from the store they either pulled it from the store or ios kicked them off i can't remember which. i think ios kicked them off if i remember correctly yeah, I think yeah, I think Apple booted him. They were like, "If you don't play by our rules, get out." Yeah, it might be the case. Um, so that's the basically the long and short of it. Um, and the reason why we're talking about it on the Xbox podcast is because Epic called on Microsoft as a witness um, or a, a supporting factor, um, yeah. and obviously it's in it's in Microsoft's favour because it they're also. Um, pushing against apple's like restrictive um hold on the app store in that they obviously tried to get x cloud on there via an app store and for similar reasons ios wouldn't allow that to happen you know they said well if you make an app which has access to loads of other apps um well then we can't 
individually vet each of the apps within that the, or yeah. the games which is weird yeah. because Netflix is an app and I think this is like a judge has already brought this up um, like net yeah. iOS has Netflix which has loads yeah. of shows and they don't vet all of the shows so how is xCloud any different so Xbox are, in, are now involved in this um, as a result and stuff has been like kind of leaking because a lot of stuff's being made public knowledge um, which since the, neither company is now happy about and so they're like requesting a lot of it being made private um, it's quite funny um, and so a lot of the one of the things that's come out is emails um, f- between Phil and Tim Sweeney head of or CEO of, of Epic um suggesting that they want to try and get xCloud on other consoles like this is actually a thing that they want to try and do <laughs> um, and we, we're kind of joking I mean a lot of other shows and podcasts have, have spoken about like the possibility of xCloud going on Switch or whatever um, and then this obviously feeds back into the whole idea of exclusivity like you know Phil is very much on record saying oh, you know a lot of the games all the games we're making and all the Bethesda games are going to be on platforms where Games Pass is and we said I'm pretty sure we said this on the show as well uh, if Games Pass was on other platforms you'd see these games on those platforms as well yep. so you know in, in, the, in these aim- emails it's, it's pretty clear that that is what they do want which I understand they want you know Netflix of games the more devices they're on, the more money they make. Um, but it, it would totally change the way that we view what Xbox is if that started happening. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, if you could just start basically having, you know, how how big Games Pass is now and how big, um, you know, like xCloud would be if you was running on other platforms, you basically just turn other platforms into an xbox essentially yeah so you don't even need an xbox to have an xbox you could just exactly xbox is everywhere it's in the air we breathe but that that does make me think like what then what then is the plan for the like if if they did get games pass you know i think if they got it on switch that would be one thing but getting it on switch and playstation is different because playstation is like their main competitor so what yeah. happens then? Do they do they only put some first party titles on there, or like would it just be Bethesda? Like I don't know what what would then be their reason to stay in the console market. I guess is what my like reservations would be. Like what's the deal with that? Because I I still think Xbox make the best consoles, mm. but it's right now and for the last five years, seven years, whatever, Sony have been making the best games. But I think Xbox have been making the best consoles. So if they then are getting Games Pass on everything else, then I don't see why they wouldn't just pull out and be like, buy any console and play Game Pass there. We're a publisher now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. That, that would make me sad. But like, I don't, th- I kind of don't feel like that is the plan. That I, but, you know, if they are, I think it, it strikes me as a, like, this is what we want to do. We don't think it will happen. But like, that's, that's how that's the direction they want to go in but I don't know if that would ever happen that's why they're perfectly content with throwing out having four con- different consoles on the market at the moment because they know that the, the, the unifying factor is Games Pass they want people to look at an Xbox and be like I can play Games Pass on that yeah so yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely a weird one um, I don't really know how they would approach it yeah I think it's kind of just like like you said they're just thinking very far into the future and mm. it's just like if it happens you know we'll kind of cross that bridge when we get to it 
um you know but it, it it's a long battle it's it, it's a battle of attrition um but yeah it's it's very interesting to where that would leave um just xbox in 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 general yeah because why uh, i imagine it would be like you said like reduce libraries or you know only specific content or something yeah um because otherwise you know they have to have an incentive for people to still go out and buy xbox hardware um if if they want to continue making xbox hardware um yeah it's yeah I don't know. It's it's hurting my brain to try and think, to try and think about it. To be honest. Yeah, no, it's it is weird. But I mean, I, like I'm on, I'm on. I'm pretty sure I said in one of the one of the earlier episodes, like Nintendo or PlayStation would never do this. They would never do. I can't see why, because like the deal would be, okay, we're going to put Games Pass on the system, and that means that's going to draw a load of buyers in. Like we'll take the hit. We'll pay for games to go to the platform. So literally all you have to do is allow access to it. We'll pay for that. And you know, on the receiving end of it, Sony gets more customers because they get access to a subscription service on their platform. Yeah. But the what Xbox would get out of that is more subscriptions and they would want yeah. a cut of everyone if not a majority cut, all of it. So that means instead of buying third-party titles through the the PSN, the PlayStation Store, they're going to be downloading stuff through Games Pass. So Sony would be not only losing money, but they would be, you know, they would be it would actively be going towards their like competition. Then, so like, I just I don't understand like why, how this would even work. I just don't get yeah. it because they would be losing money. It, it Sony makes, would. It, it makes less sense for for Sony and stuff like that because they're both home consoles, they're both major competitors and stuff like that. It makes a little bit more sense on the Switch because the Switch has that portable factor and stuff like that. So they're going to get loads more hardware sales out of it because people are going to be like, oh, I can play all these cool Xbox titles on my Switch too. So then, you know, there's just going to be a lot more Switches sold for the incentive of not only having Nintendo-based games, but also having um, Xbox publisher games as well. Um, and I, And... I don't think Nintendo are quite the home console competitor as Sony and Xbox are. I don't think they're no. quite buttheads in the same way. Um, so it's it, you can see the the benefit of um, of it on Switch, I think. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, for for Sony, it just yeah. I feel like you would just drop that and like a board thing, and they'd be like, "Why? <laughs> Why would we ever do this? No, yeah. get out. Yeah. How'd you get in? You're drunk." Yeah, literally, I would just imagine Jim Ryan being like, I don't... Who are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, doesn't, it just doesn't... It, in my head, it just doesn't... I don't see why Sony would go for that. It makes no sense, and there is no benefit for them whatsoever. So yeah. I... And, like let's, like, let's be fair. We've been hearing rumblings about them doing a competitor, which is, like, of course they're going to. Like, of course they're... Yeah. So, like, it, I don't see that ever happening. I think that's kind of... When they first drew up what Games Pass was, I imagine that was kind of in the framework of basically, let's get it everywhere. Let's get it on as many devices as we can, and then we'll go from there. Um, and the way that I could see that coexisting with like a continued manufacture of consoles is if they continue to pump out or invest 
which which they have been doing for ages in these kind of features on the Xbox, which aren't available on other platforms, like frames per second boost, like also HDR, you know, like backwards compatibility, uh, like crossplay. Um, you know, they're they're working on uh, super res as well, which is like kind of you know up resolutions in the same way the FPS boost works. Um, they're working on that as well. We know. Um, so, like, unless they have, like, a full suite of those things that are, like, this is what, like, this is enough to make you buy a console outside of the games library, because you can get the games library literally anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But it would have to be a lot. But, yeah, anyway, that's, um, that's the thing. That's the thing that's quite, happening with it. Quite the rabbit hole. It is quite the rabbit hole. It is quite the rabbit hole. And it's not the only thing that has come out of the Apple versus Epic um uh stuff there's been a lot of um leaked uh screenshots i think you, you can it's a bit further down in my notes actually you can see it um and but there's lots of redacted stuff from the slides that they've been showing um which is clearly because i don't want it to be made public knowledge yet and this is around 2021 game releases xbox game releases now some of them there are multi-platform that they've showed so it's not but there's enough reason to believe that some of these might be xbox games and we just don't know what they are yet um also you can see on the portfolio there it says august 2020 edition so this is old stuff like this is before well it's not before but it, this is like um it's just before stuff I imagine would have started to get delayed if there was stuff that was due quarter two, quarter three um, on, in 2021. So, I mean, we, we've said that supposedly there's more stuff coming this year, whether it's Forza Horizon or there's sort of a secret game coming in 2021. Even if that was real, uh, there's a good chance that that's been pushed back into 2022. But this basically just confirms that there is some more stuff coming soon that we don't know about. Uh, whether soon is 2021 or early 2022, who knows? But... Um, this is the, what I said earlier that this is sort of the stuff that um, Xbox are like. Can we have this private, please? Because <laughs> so this is all linking publicly. <laughs> um, so we might not be seeing any more of this, but it was. It's been quite fun the last week because a lot of the stuff has been leaking, and it's just it's just kind of fun to get a peek behind the curtain. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to bounce off that. Um, nothing huge, but other than stuff on the horizon. Mm. Now. Um, three four three. What is your like overall take? Give me your like overall take on three four three's work with their halos versus um, Bungie's halos. Um, I don't mind them. <laughs> I don't think they deserve the hate that they get. In all honesty, I don't really have anything against three four three and the products they've made. Um, I mean, when did they take over? They took over for Halo 4? Good question. Yeah, uh, that would be just before, just before Xbox One, so it'd be 2012, I want to say. Yeah, 2012, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Halo 4 released in 2012, yeah. And then yeah. obviously they did 5, and, yeah, you know, the rest. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, I don't have anything against their Halo products. I think they're pretty good. I think if anything they just tried to push the boat out and they just got nerd hate thrown <laughs> at them like crazy uh i think some of their ideas are great um and i think overall i haven't been disappointed with any of the halos that i got from them um you know i still don't 
I have much more fond memories of you know Halo Three and Reach and stuff like that. Sure, don't get me wrong, but I think Halo Four and Five were, were perfectly good games, and I do have faith for uh, Halo Infinite as well. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, my my opinion on Three Four Three is good. It's not excellent, but it's good. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's um. So I mean, it's it's. The reason that I obviously bring it up is because um, there was some news this week about um, there was there was an X three four three dev talking about um, his experience working um, on Halo Infinite and the, the, the dude's been there eight years I think he was um, okay. and I I don't know if this information came from an interview or if or if it just came with a couple from some tweets or whatever um, but uh, to sort of summarise some of the stuff that was said if you haven't already seen about it. Uh, or seen it um he said that he thinks halo infinite will be a great game but don't expect a masterpiece he said that because halo infinite is in a semi-open world the engine needed to be changed significantly which slowed the team down quite a lot um and he feels that uh, the semi-open world is overly ambitious as well uh he says that many of the engine features weren't fully implemented in last year's demo in july that's why it looked the way that it did um, he thinks the story and gameplay are huge improvements over Halo 4 and 5. He says that Halo 343 does crunch. He says a lot of ideas for both multiplayer and single player got cut, including a lot of his own. Um, and he said he's currently working with a certain affinity and he's kind of uh, he's glad to be out of 343. Now, those were the original comments that were reported on. Um, he had since... And, and those comments sound quite mixed, right? Some of them sound fine. Some of them sound... Like overall pretty negative. Yeah, overall pretty negative. Um, but he's since put out a video, I want to say yesterday, maybe two days ago, um, sort of clarifying it and felt that a lot of what he said was taken out of context or twisted to make it sound like 343 was a bad place. And it just makes me sort of think, like... Hmm, I wonder why that is. Everybody, there does seem to be just a massive target on 343, and it's, I fucking, I said this last week, but I really don't envy them at the moment. I don't I don't envy them at all, but especially coming up to Halo Infinite, they just can't put a foot right, even when, and like, a lot of the stuff he clarified was pretty positive. Like, just so, just, just to like, go back over that news with what he actually said, um, when he said he, th- he thinks the game's going to be really good, but he says he doesn't think it's going to be a... A masterpiece. He said that this is mostly, and he said this, but it just wasn't reported on. He said that this is mostly in reference to like hype culture. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, like with cyberpunk, and it's like sometimes you know some things get so blown up that it's just impossible to please to like do that for everyone. Um, yeah. But he says multiple times that he thinks the game's going to be really, really good. Um, so that was that. Um, he says that he does personally think, in his opinion, that the semi-open world is quite. It's a bit overly ambitious, like he did stick to that. But he just said that, you know, there's 500 employees at 343. Um, and that's just his opinion. He doesn't think this is like a factual take. He just thinks that maybe... Um, and that this is, for me, like honestly, this is um, quite a good thing. <laughs> like a non-ambitious Halo game would have pissed me off more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, ambition hasn't hasn't done them well in the past um but i don't think it is ambition for four and five which is being ambitious like they have like don't get me wrong halo four and five weren't overly ambitious but like they they were like i feel like they were just like making changes but not like 
in large amounts you know they were just like drip feeding changes to see how the community would react and obviously the community does not react well to changes to their beloved <laughs> to change full stop yeah yeah their, their beloved walk around like a rock and shit <laughs> um you know i don't want sprint in my game yeah, but like exactly. you know and being i i completely agree i'd rather than be overly ambitious and try to take the genre in a in a better direction than just give us more of the same um but then you know they they have the reputation and they they have this fucking you know the public eye on them in a negative view because of the the fact they've changed things in previous halos and people didn't like them um so credit to them for still you know doing that and and wanting to take halo to such a vast such a vastly different area yeah so um yeah i i I see it as a positive as well like overall for sure yeah Um, just like i i kind of see halo 4 and 5 as positives you know i don't look at those games and think of them in in a negative context at all no um which so many people do i mean one of our friends does (laughs) yeah he's a little gremlin but uh yeah yeah so i i see it as, as a positive as well yeah, absolutely, and like like I said, you know, I, I watched the whole video of him clarifying it, and like it was a really, it was a, it was a really positive video to be honest. Yeah, like you said, he said that that's quite kind of his take on it. He, he feels the open world is maybe a bit ambitious, but he doesn't say that he thinks it's going to be bad. Um, and but he also said that, like he tied this back into like this thing of like not expecting a masterpiece. He said because, um, because it's quite a significant change in how the game plays. Um, it's not going to tick everyone's boxes. You know, so I think I think literally what he's doing is he's just trying to make expectations. Trying to ground everyone's expectations. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Which, yeah, which which is probably a good thing. Um, But like like I said, he 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 said throughout the throughout the video multiple times, it's going to be really good. It's going to be great. It's going to be really fun. He said like a lot of the games are really fun, really good. He can't wait to play it himself. Just things like that. So. overall was really positive and he sort of spoke about the crunch as well he said like he was never forced to crunch he worked there for eight years he wouldn't have worked there um that long if he didn't enjoy his time so it's just like it's just funny that the whole thing got completely twisted painted as being really negative um and then the guy comes out and clarifies it um and it's basically like it was not that bad it's not bad at all actually (laughs) it's just and it's not it's just there is like this real like sort of cultural um, toxicity towards 343 and it, it, it's so weird and you know he said multiple times that like, the team is so so passionate um, you know about what they're doing there um, yeah yeah I, I, I do not I do not envy um, 343 they are in not a uh, fortuitous position no. to say the least uh, it's not. it's very tough I, th- I think we literally said it in our last um, podcast as well like um, I, I feel like being the president of the United States is less stressful <laughs> than making Halo Infinite yeah um, but yeah I mean it, it's it's things like um, multiplayer and single player content and stuff like that being cut you know that that's quite worrying and, and like and when you combine the fact that he said, you know, the engine was, you know, not performing or needed to be changed significantly to cater for the fact um, that of this overly ambitious um, semi-open world, 
it does make you think that you know there's the potential that a lot of this stuff might just come out a bit half-baked and you know there might be just you know like large areas with just not much going on or just like things seeming a bit you know just not entirely finished or a bit Um, Mm half-baked but you know we'll have to wait and see Um, yeah I mean I think cut content to me is more of a signal of preparedness and like lots of and having lots of stuff you know it's not like they're making stuff to plug holes it's that they have loads and they're just trying to be concise with what they put in Um, and he said right yeah and and, you know he said that a lot of his stuff was cut as well but like again in the video he said like this is really common you know he's been he's been working in games for a long long time he's like this is what was happening is not uncommon he was particularly upset because some of the stuff that he made got cut himself but he was like still like that happens all the time. Like I said, it as an you know off the cuff kind of thing, uh, but you know again it got taken out of context and kind of twisted as like game dev uh, absolutely yeah. enraged as his excellent content has been taken out of Halo Infinite. You know, so, so it's yeah. not really the case. Um, so yeah, so it's just this kind of thing. Um, I'm I think this and like you say, if you look at it in that light, it's easy to think that oh maybe it could come out half baked or whatever. But I mean they've had the whole extra year. We know we know the game's been content complete for like eighteen months now, and they've still got another six months. So like, the stuff that they want in the game, it's going to be there, and I expect it to. At the very least, the game needs to be coming out with like a full suite of of shit ready to go, and it needs to all be performing well. Like that's the minimum. Like any like I literally won't be creating any excuses for three four three if that's not the case because. Yeah. Like we all know what happened with Master Chief Collection, which of course was them as well, which we haven't spoken about, and that was a fucking disaster. Um, yeah, it was. So like anything less than things working on day, and Halo Five came out, and that was working fine on day one. Uh, but anything like if that's the case, and it's like someone needs to be on the chopping block, <laughs> something needs to be happening here. Um, in terms of the quality of the game, you know, I kind of just expect it to be in the eighty Metacritic range. To be honest, I don't expect it to be Halo Four. Halo Four was eighty five, I think. Halo. Five was 84 i kind of expect it to be in that range i'd love to see it do go higher but yeah. with some of the changes it's making you know and the culture around halo i just it's just not going to please everyone i just think you're kind of fucked with the halo ip regardless at this point um, yeah so unless you go back to bungie yeah <laughs> even then i don't know a lot yeah. for a lot of people halo reach was the turning point mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I actually think if you go back to Bungie, Bungie be like, we, we don't, we don't want it. <laughs> yeah. We don't want this. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. It's like a weight not. off our shoulders, game. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> we tried to add powers to super soldiers, and everyone got fucking crazy about it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's your Halo Infinite brief for this week. Um, bit of drama, bit of spicy drama. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and by the way, there, there was some breaking news on on Halo Infinite. Actually, I wanted wanted to put. Um, What's his name? Joseph Staten? Jason Statham? <laughs> What's his Staten. fucking name? Man. Joseph St- Yeah, Joseph Staten. You know, the guy who was, like, come in um, to, like, help direct Halo Infinite after the director left, like, last year or whatever. And he was involved with the original yeah. trilogy. Um, he tweeted um, a bunch of sequences uh, in what seems to look like a video editor. Um, and so there's a lot of speculation that this is a Halo Infinite trailer or footage being made for e- probably for E3, um, so I just wanted, just wanted to drop that. So that's, I mean, we're definitely seeing it. We, this is this isn't news. They spoke about it on the Inside Infinite, but yeah. All right, let's move on then. Um, so 
there was just um, Jeff Grubb had said that um, the coalition at the moment are helping with Halo Infinite, um, which is probably kind of normal, right? I mean, the coalition seems the coalition is quite big, so I think they probably do have a number of support people just helping out with Halo, doing bits and bobs, making sure it's all polished and ready for the release date. Um, yeah, and they also said that they're not working on a new IP, um, which really makes me sad. Um, yeah. He also said that they're not making a Star Wars game. So that's our, our dreams of, of the Mandalorian coalition game is out the window. God's sake. We've <laughs> talked about for so long how yeah, cool we, that would be. Yeah, it really episode. would. Now we just look like idiots. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> they made us look like idiots. Yeah. God damn it. But yeah. That is kind of sad because, yeah, I do think they could use some... Uh, it would just be a perfect uh, fit. Cre- you know? Creativeness away from Gears, and I do think, yeah, it would have been a perfect fit for them, yeah. for sure. Well, they, they are making a new IP, allegedly, so that is happening, um, but it's just yeah, not Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. Um, Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, right, which does kind of suck. Um, there was some more news around Fable, our little Fable, um, and I think yes. probably to- today's probably not the day to have a big talk about what we kind of want from Fable. I think that we'll probably do that in another video, um, just so we're sort of a bit tighter on time for this one. Um, yes. yeah. But we know, we now have it confirmed, a lot of people have been speculating anyway, that the Fable is being built on Playground's Forza Tech engine, so, so literally it's being built on the same engine that the Forza Horizon games are built on. Um, a lot of people thought it might be Unreal Engine 5, which... Is, is Unreal 5 out yet? It's either coming out really soon or it came out very recently. Um, I don't think so. Because I remember there was a lot of talk about Hellblade 2 being ported or moved from Unreal 4 to Unreal 5, and that's kind of slowing down development a bit because they want it to look, you know, obviously like a, a real showcase. Um, yeah, no, it's not It's not releasing until the later this year. Okay, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Um yeah. So yeah, so that's so a lot of people thought maybe it would be Unreal Five, um, but it's they're, they're using their own engine, which I mean makes sense. You know, they're they're more familiar with the engine, they're more comfortable with it, um, and then it already looks fantastic. You know, oh, dude, so a, a, a Halo game running on <laughs> yeah, get Halo on it, sure. <laughs> a Fable running on a Forza, um, the Forza engine is, would look amazing and insane. Yeah. It makes me very happy just to think about that. My only sort of reservation would be that obviously the Forza Tech engine is kind of catered to photorealism. Um, I mean, I imagine yeah, they'll stylize yeah. it a little bit. Um, uh, Fable's a bit goofy, isn't it? A bit cartoony yeah. in its own way. But I, at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing their own take on it. You know, I, I kind of feel like we need to be treating Fable as a. Oh, oh no, I'm, I'm doing it. We need to be treating Fable as a, as like a, fra- a blank slate. So if they want to either take it in a photorealistic direction. Or they want to be more stylized. I was like, fucking do it, guys. Yeah, you know? I wouldn't be against it. Um, I, I, I would definitely prefer if they kept a, a similar style to the original Fables. I do quite like Fables' art style. Yeah. Um, but if they wanted to go photorealism, I wouldn't. I wouldn't start burning down their houses. Um, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd be up for seeing their own take on it. I, I always am. Um, but yeah, I think overall I'd be slanting towards keeping it, you know, a similar vibe to what it is, but just, you know, making it look insane in that engine. And I just want a yeah. Fable game, dude. Like, just, yeah, I'll no. take anything. I even wanted Fable Legends. No, was it Fable Legends? Which yeah, was yeah, the Fable one Legends. Where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... 
Uh, which was the one that was... They also released some crappy cartoony one as well. That was Fable Heroes, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, the arcade game. Yeah, they did the arcade yeah, game. And then they yeah. did Fable the Journey, which was a Kinect game. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Fable Legends was the one where you were like... Someone was like the villain. That's like, right. Creating this, yeah. I I loved the idea of that. And we, we played that when we went to go uh, to Eurogamer, like, fucking <laughs> such a long time ago now. Yeah. Um... And I was actually pretty hyped for that game, and then it got canned, and I was like, oh, like, I just I just want a bit of Fable in my life. Yeah, it's the first of many. Yeah, no, and, and do you know what? That game looked really good for the time. It looked really it good. Did. Yeah, um, it looked excellent. Yeah, I remember yeah. it now. Uh, I think if I was to look at some gameplay of it even now, like just whip up YouTube, I genuinely think that game looks all right. Yeah. Um, and that was a, it was a long time ago. It really was. It's, it's just so weird, that one. So I don't... <sighs> Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know. What, I mean, obviously it was Lionhead. I don't know. Maybe they were just taking longer than than yeah, they wanted them really to. It really just looked like a 99% completed product, and it was really weird. Yeah, so that was back in... That must have been like 2015 or late 2014. Yeah. We uh, played it in 2013, maybe. Yeah. I feel like we played it. We played it at the same Eurogame where we went and played like Evolve and stuff like that. Yeah, and I remember Evolve was releasing, literally like three months later from that point we played it at Eurogamer. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then so it mu- that Eurogamer must have been in in like either really late 2014 or early um, 2015. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I I really liked the, the, the look of it, and yeah, I just it, I was very shocked when it got canned because I was literally just like, I swear this game's releasing in like a yeah. week. Why is it not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it was a weird one. The thing is, I don't think I only I never got to play as a hero. I only played as a villain. Um, yeah, and it was fine playing as a villain. Like you know, it was it was kind of fun. I think it would have made. I don't know. We don't know like what progression systems would have been in, but I think it would have gotten old. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it would have like hit seventies and on you know Metacritic or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I think maybe they just got a bit excited trying to chase that trend because that was a thing, wasn't it, around like the 2010s of like four-player co-op and somebody else is uh, is the enemy, like the, yeah. the fucking monster or whatever, like Evolve or Fable Legends. There were a couple more that I can't remember right now. Um, yeah. But that was like a thing for a while. Um, it was. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sure they've repurposed some of, some of the assets from that and stuff. Um, but Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it will continue to look beautiful in Forza Tech, but we'll have to see. Hopefully, yeah. Next up is Iron Galaxy. Uh, there were I remember I, I couldn't remember the name of these guys a couple of podcasts ago. Um, th- these are the guys who made Killer Instinct One, and obviously Killer Instinct One is has aged really, really well. A lot of people like swear by that game, think it was like an amazing reboot, um, and uh, just an amazing one of the best fighters in the last decade. Um, yeah, and we know uh, we've spoken about this before as well a lot of insiders have said that they're looking for a studio to make the ip like they want to have, make a sequel but they just don't know who to do it yet um and i think iron galaxy were bought out by stadia a while back you know but obviously that's gone to shit so they're probably independent again um <laughs> so they they went on the record this week just saying they wouldn't rule out doing a killer instinct 2 if they're approached for it so do it phil I- yeah, I was about to say, I, I I feel like it's a no-brainer, right? Like It's got to be. Yeah, I feel like Phil would absolutely approve that. Like, 
that game bought loads of people um, over to to Xbox, and it had like a big, um, quite a big following, a big pro scene. Um, you know, like loads of like tournaments and stuff like that. You, you see, you still see like Killer Instinct and stuff like that. Like it's still going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's got a big community behind it, and I, I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely. Phil should do it. It's weird if he doesn't. Yeah, I'd no, definitely. See, uh, Killer Instinct too. Yeah, especially coming off the success of the first, it'll only it'll only get bigger yeah. and better, really. And uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Killer Instinct always looked really good. Really good, yeah. The particle effects were amazing in that yeah. game. Yeah. Like, with the combo breaks and the moves and, like... Um, yeah, they, they just looked amazing. Yeah. yeah. They really looked nice. Uh, I, I remember seeing, like, the... I can't remember the fire guy. Um, but when he, like, launched fireballs at you and stuff like that and it, like, broke off your defense and like sparks went everywhere and like fizzled out and stuff like that i was like this is fucking great and I was yeah like, this yeah is fucking so good yeah um and that was built on like base tech like yeah a killer launch game pretty insane. much yeah, yeah yeah it was it would look insane on um on a series x my god yeah yeah absolutely um yeah so I, I really feel like now that they're... I mean, if, I am th- if I'm remembering this correctly, and it is Iron Galaxy who were bought by Stadia and now... Or, or maybe Amazon, and now aren't anymore. Um, I feel like they... Sure. I feel like this is this is a team that Xbox should be picking up immediately, like if they are open to acquisition, because they must be looking for a game, that a, a studio that can do fighting games, because they're quite rare, yeah. they're quite hard to come by. And when they are, they're usually very specialised. It's like that's all that they make. Um, and these guys are clearly capable of doing that. Um, yeah, like you say, mm-hmm. no brainer, no brainer. Yeah, seems like a no brainer. I wouldn't be surprised if we we heard the uh, we had some news in the coming weeks um, around that, around Phil whipping out his wallet again. Yeah, buying them up. Okay, well the long the long awaited Psychonauts two has kind of been on the tip of everyone's tongue for a long time. Um, because it's just kind of um, we we know that they got a bit of extra Xbox cash money cash dollar to like polish the game up a bit more and add boss fights back into the game because obviously the game was um, crowdfunded, um, which is part of the reason why it's still coming to PlayStation um, because as part of the crowdfunding promise, you know it was um, it was originally promised to be on PS4. Um, it might not be coming to PS5 just to make everyone aware, because the, the original promise was PS4 and Xbox One, and now because Xbox own Double Fine, it's probably going to be PS4, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. So, you know, you'll still be able to play on PS5 through backwards compatibility, but it won't be, you know, it won't have all the fancy touch-ups and everything. Uh, probably, I, that's what seems to be the case from, like, the website and everything. But anyway, it appeared on the Microsoft Store um, and could be downloaded, which was kind of weird, for, like, an hour <laughs> earlier this week. Um, wow. So, but then it was taken down before anybody like finished downloading it and like could boot it up, even if you were allowed to. Um, so this strikes me as like a hot drop at E3. <laughs> this is a hot drop Absolutely, at E3. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Psychonauts two available for download today. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Tim Schafer comes out, does that. Maybe Jack Black gets on stage, finger guns a couple of times. Boom, ready to download. <laughs> easy, easy money. 
Uh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it, it definitely, uh, it definitely seems that way based, uh, based on that. Just like someone, uh, flipped the switch a little bit too early. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Bit, Either that, that or they... A month too early. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, it's still May. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like they released a couple more screenshots for it, um, and things like that, and it's, um, it, it looks really good, man. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm surprised every time I see the screenshots because, I don't think the gameplay we saw of it last year really did it justice because they just showed a load of wacky shit, I think, to give everyone a feel for, like, the, the tone of the game more than as a graphical graphical showcase. Um, but it looks really good. Um, I mean, it's not like Ratchet and Clank levels of good because Insomniac are, like, four times the size and have a much bigger budget. It wasn't a crowdfunded game. But it looks really good still. Like, it looks very colourful. It's popping a lot. Um, I'm excited to play it, to be honest. I am... Um, because... And as well, the original Psychonauts just went on Games Pass. Um, and I thought I've been umming and ahhing to download it and give it a go, but it's, it's like very old. It's very old. Um, yeah, it's an extremely old game, yeah. So I don't even know if I would be able to stomach it. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> that will be running at like 15 frames and I don't know. Yeah, 2005, man. But I mean, it is... Like so you look at the screenshots, and it's still a sixteen by nine aspect ratio. Like it's a square. Um, like that's how old it is. Um, but I have been tempted to just maybe hop into it for like the first hour and just give it a go and get a vibe. But I'm, because it's been such a long time, I don't really. Have, it'll be like almost twenty years. You know, I don't have any doubts that they will. I won't need to have played the first one, kind of thing. Um, yeah, that they'll catch that everyone is. up. Um, yeah. but like just to like sort of reiterate Psychonauts came out to an 88 on Metacritic well that's how good the first one was yeah wow so like where's the where is this fucking game (laughs) so yeah hopefully it is a shadow drop because it's um, you know I think this we could be looking at a game of the year contender with you know that sort of score with you know It Takes Two was 88 Ratchet and we have Returnal was like 85, 86 um, Ratchet and Clank will probably come out high 80s as well so you know yeah we'll absolutely yeah uh, yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll see that E3 100% yeah. or, or the release date will just be you know they'll announce the release date and it'll just be right around the corner um, yeah or it, or it just gets dropped immediately but yeah we'll definitely see some kind of Psychonauts to bomb drop 100% yeah yeah if I not agree. then I quit the podcast. <laughs> and that's our fucking threat, Tim Schafer. Get it out. All right. Uh, next up um, is Bethesda Game Studios, responsible for Skyrim and Fallout, um, or Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Oops. Um, might have another game in development next to Starfield, Elder Scrolls and Fallout 76. Um, so, BGS, Bethesda Game Studios, Austin are seeking a server engineer to help create and improve systems for an unannounced title in their legacy of creating AAA games. That was a quote directly from the uh, job listing. Um, So, and that's unannounced, right? So this isn't Starfield. This isn't the next Elder Scrolls. We could possibly be looking at a Fallout 5. That's not announced Mm -hmm. yet, right? Um, Potentially. And they're a big team. So, I mean, that is possible. Um... I don't it even know be. what I, I don't know what I'd want from a Fallout Five. <laughs> I still feel like a baby in the Fallout universe. I don't really know what I'd want. Um, 
Yeah, I want it to look a lot like, better. I want yeah. it to look a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Um, it could definitely use with a, 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 a some more vibrant enemy designs and a little bit more color. Uh, like I understand you can't add too much color to a world that's been nuked, but um, you could probably make the the enemies look a lot nicer. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. I made the weapons look a, a little bit more interesting and stuff like that. But like, um, yeah, there's not Fallout's weird with it's one of those games you can't change too much. It, it just is what it is, and you just build on it and improve it. Um, but you can't change the general like aesthetic of it too much. Um, you're kind of bottlenecked <laughs> in that sort of area a little bit. Um, whereas something like Elder Scrolls, you know, you could just be like, oh, you're going over here to the to the Black Marshes, everything's swampy and mushroomy and underwater, or you know, you're going over here to Skyrim where everything's mountainy and snowy. You, like, they have a lot more to play around with. Um, but then I don't know, maybe they could try out different biomes and Fallout. Yeah, I definitely think they cool. could. I think it's a good yeah. point. I'd, I'd like to see like some different environments. Like, because I, I was always curious, like. I mean, uh, snow like, wouldn't exist after a nuke, right? But like, yeah. Well, what what would happen? <laughs> what happened to the rest of the world in like the Fallout universe? Like, is it's all America? Like the whole it all takes place in America. Um, oh, Fallout blue. Five in Britain. Yeah, I know, right? Sorry, my rabbit's fucking chewing my wire. Get off! <laughs> Such an idiot. <laughs> Live podcast moments. Yeah. <laughs> your rabbit chews your wire. He just started rubbing um, his chin up against it, and I was like, actually, <laughs> I might have a bite of this spicy hay. All right. Um, that is a good point, though. Yeah, you could take it in different areas. Like, I mean, yeah, like UK or like I know, like a really cool like Japan, but yeah, um, like a fucking like a, a a nuked ass like Tokyo city sort of thing. Yeah, so in New Vegas, uh, that'd be kind of cool. I, I do feel like there is a lot you can play around with there because it's like alternate history, nuclear, like you know, post-apocalyptic thermonuclear kind of shit. But I, I know a big part of the aesthetic is obviously. It's like the game's permanently stuck in like hyper technological 60s, like American mm-hmm. 60s, you know, and I guess over here as well, like, you know, UK 60s as well. But that wouldn't have quite the same impact in, in maybe Japan or, or um, other areas of the world. But I would, yeah, I, I think you could do more with it, and I think you make a good point. I'd like to see other areas. Snowy Fallout would be sick. That'd be a good graphical showcase. There always is. Snow always is. Um, Lovely some footprints. <laughs> yeah. Um,. But, I mean, this has got to be, coming to think of it, it this has got to be 4 out of 5. Um, but it's a server engineer? Yeah, so it makes you think it could be... Um, could have multiplayer yeah, elements. multiplayer, multiplayer um, based. Um, yeah. Some yeah. kind of online element to whatever game they're making um, for server stability and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Which, Which makes surprise it could be me. another shared world thing, you know, similar to Fallout 76 or something as well. Um, maybe a, an, Elder, an Elder Scrolls 77. 77. Elder Scrolls 77. <laughs> cool, isn't it? Dovahkin just walks out of one of the vaults. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. The stakes are so high. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it does surprise me a bit, because I would have thought that, to contrast against Fallout 76 a bit, they would have just been like this is purely single player you won't see another player in uh, ever i mean maybe like 
Just like strict co-op or something. I don't know. Or maybe it's like asymmetric. I could see that in some ways. Some like asymmetric multiplayer. Like Dark Souls kind of like. Or Death Stranding with Fallout. That I mean, that would work, right? Yeah. Turn into a roguelike. Turn Fallout into a roguelike. Boom, done. Sorted. Yeah, boom, done. I need the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> On every note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make it happen or I leave the podcast. It's literally... <laughs> We're literally no one. Like we're lit. Our threats are nothing. <laughs> no, we talk about. It. They will happen. They'll have to happen. Uh, okay. Next up. Um, allegedly, and this is fairly new news as well. Uh, and it's that time. It's tenth episode. It's that time. Oh. <laughs> it's Starfield time. <laughs> Microsoft. Yeah. It might not be Starfield. Oh yeah. You're not safe from me, baby. Microsoft has already purchased ad time uh, for Starfield in 2021, according to Special Aid on the Xbox Era podcast. So that means there might be ads coming out soon that imply that Starfield is coming out, or, or explicitly say that Starfield is coming out in 2021. Um, or, or rather, there are ads for it in 2021. Yeah, One or the other. Yeah, they, they could be an ad for it in 2021 saying it's coming out in February 2022. Yeah, like, right. Not, <laughs> that's still a thing. But yeah, uh, it, it, that that does speak to the fact that you're, you know, the release date's not crazy far. Like, I would imagine in the first half of uh, 2022, like, definitely, probably first quarter, um, because you, you don't really start advertising your game and then just be like drop in september 2022 because it's just yeah like, well, why why are you advertising unless you're halo infinite yeah, yeah unless you're halo infinite. Infinite. yeah so, but like, that doesn't really make any sense so you kind of would expect that to be like late 2021 or um early 2022 uh, definitely but yeah cool yeah that's very cool Cool. I mean, it, it, I mean, it literally changes nothing because we just report on exactly the same shit with Starfield every week, and we've done so for ten weeks. We've said it will be limited. Yeah, all, all quarter one, 2022, and we just we just change the word and the structuring of the sentence and just say it again every week. And yeah, and that's news. It. Yeah, and that's, that's why news. they come back. <laughs> exactly. Who knows? Who knows? There was actually um, a little bit of concept art which supposedly leaked. Um, from I'll send it to you after the podcast actually, and I um. I keep saying to you, I don't really know, none of us know what Starfield is, but every, like, morsel I get about it, I keep getting really fucking buzzed about it, because I'm like, this is like, it's, become like, it's like near future, sci-fi, intergalactic travel, like, that's really fucking cool, like, because you, like, you know, usually with these sorts of games, they're like high fantasy, if they're like an adventure or exploration type of game, where, like, you don't know what the universe is, and you're just going to explore it. Like something like Dark Souls, you know, like Dark Fantasy, whatever. Something like Breath of the Wild, High Fantasy, Skyrim, High Fantasy. And then that's always like the vibe. So like when you're going into the unknown, it's like, I wonder what goblin or skeleton is going to be. Or a sword. But like, what is like, that, that doesn't really translate to like a near, like a sci-fi, like space yeah. kind of, you know, like you swing around the back of a planet and there's like a, you know, a star eater just sitting there or like a space whale. I don't know. So, you know, it's just like, and, and a lot of the like concept arts for the ships there which is really cool. And I was just like, this game could be really something very, very cool. Um, so it's just a little bit more of that, of me getting tingly, tingly in my bum yeah. about this game. Yeah, space but whales would be cool. Space whales, who oh, knows? Yeah, absolutely. That's a necessity for me now that you've said it. Do you know what? I regret saying it actually now because <laughs> there are almost certainly won't be space whales. <laughs> There's never going to be a space whale. No, no because yeah. it's 
Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, okay. And just to wrap the podcast off today, um, there are some more dynamic pack backgrounds coming according to you at Major Nelson's blog, which is nice. I've always been a big fan of um, dynamic backgrounds and I'm... <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, actually, on my on my lovely 4K TV behind me. Um, and they're all really, really nice, but there needs to be more options. Um, there are, yeah. I think there are there are a couple. I think there's like an OG Xbox One. And there's a couple of there's like a Speckly one or, or whatever. So there's a couple more coming. Um, yeah, cool. I want I want some game related ones like Sony's do. So Sony's ones are the best. Um, they you know like you can buy some oh, separately. Yeah. Some come with pre downloads. Some of them are like partially animated. Some of them are like fully animated, but they're just really nice. And I, do you know what's even better? That they have their own like music jingles, which is yes. just so fucking yeah, cool. Themes, yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Like you turn it on, and like for Horizon, you'll get like a little like mechanical roar in the distance, or like you know you'll scroll and it has its own sound like notes. Um, yeah. And I, I want that sort of stuff on Xbox because I love that. I think that that stuff is so so cool. Um, it's a really nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's um. Yeah, I would absolutely love to see that, uh, and I'd I'd be happy to spend like six, seven pounds on one as well. Oh yeah, you know, and just and just just whip whip it on because I mean these these are nice. I think I have like a moving like orange background or something. You know, it looks yeah. okay, but it's not. You know, I mean the tech the tech's been there for a while. I could literally just right click on my desktop right now and do that, and I could have done that in 2010. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, give me more. Yeah, give me more. Give me more. Um, so that's that really um, that kind of concludes our episode of Quick Resume Podcast today um, thanks for coming everyone uh, any closing words from you Tim before we wrap up uh, no episode 10 though we did it episode 10 it was the special it. edition special, <laughs> limited edition special edition <laughs> you guys found it special right yeah you, you noticed it was a special edition absolutely I mean uh, no no there's not really much from me to wrap up um you know there's some pretty cool stuff um some controversial stuff uh it'd be quite interesting to see how everything plays out with um halo infinite because that was some spicy spicy stuff going on there mm-hmm. um we're yeah, closing in on e3 aren't we yeah we are closing in on it and we'd like to see that that hot trailer that's clearly coming out which will hopefully give us some lovely gameplay um, we can see all the lovely half-baked features <laughs> and um, it'll, be, yeah. it'll be wonderful that was sarcasm for anyone yeah. listening there that was pure more sarcasm. Craig more Craig yeah. um, but no but I'm going to go play some more season 9 Apex understandable closing statement I'll meet you there I'll meet you there uh, uh, thanks for joining us everyone um, we'll speak to you this time next week probably um, have a good time have a good week stay healthy See you later. See ya. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.